I'm Deidre. I'm Chelsea. And we're giving you a million murders. Hope everyone is doing well today. Yes. Well, I am here. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here with the last episode of the shocking news stories for 2022. Yeah. Yes. So it's a new. It's a new year. New year, new me. Yes. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I don't know about for me personally. Um, so, story number one. After 65 years, a boy who was found deceased in a box in Philadelphia has been identified with the help of DNA. The boy in the box case started back on February 25th, 1957, when the child was discovered wrapped in a blanket inside a cardboard box. He was found in a wooded area of northeast Philly. The little boy had several scars on his body and his hair had recently been buzz cut, according to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. The boy was thought to be between four and six years old and weighed only 30 pounds. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Looking malnourished while he was found, when he was found. Um, so this case has been around, obviously, for, you know, 65 years mm-hmm. and... You know, no one has known who this child has been the whole time. Mm -hmm. You know, no one knew. So the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children has published a facial reconstruction of the boy. Despite numerous attempts to identify the child throughout the years, the identity of the boy remained a mystery. Through detective work and DNA analysis, police are finally able to identify the child. The Philadelphia Police Department said in a news release (laughs) Tuesday the 6th. This case is Philadelphia's oldest unsolved homicide, and they're still looking for the person responsible for his murder. There's a $20,000 reward for any information that will lead to an arrest and conviction in this case. The city authorities were holding a news conference on December 8th to discuss the new developments in the case. Philadelphia Police Commissioner Danielle Outlaw, along with the medical examiner and the head of PPD's homicide unit will be present for this news conference to share information. So I wasn't able to watch the conference, Mm -hmm. but I was able to find out more information after I originally researched this. So, because at the point that I saw this, they hadn't even released his name or anything. Mm. The little boy's name was released on the 8th, and his name was Joseph Augustus Zarelli. Mm. Yeah. Police have their suspicions of who was responsible for Joseph's death, but they aren't releasing any information on the suspects for now. Um, And there could be something out there by at this point that this Mm -hmm. airs. Um, But uh, we were also able to confirm that Joseph was a four-year-old boy at the time of his death. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. It's a really, really sad story. And no one would come forward or anything with, like, no one ever came forward and said, this is our kid. So police captain Jason Smith said investigators believed he was from West Philadelphia in the area around 61st and Market Streets and was never reported missing. He's hopeful that someone who knew little Joseph is out there and may have seen him before he went missing and was murdered. 
anyone in the Philadelphia area. Think back to old family stories you've heard. You know, maybe someone's grandmother or grandfather remembers hearing their parents speak about this case. Mm -hmm. So if you have any information, please call the Philadelphia Police Department at 215-686-1776. Which I think that's kind of cool because 1776, Mm -hmm. America, Philadelphia, Liberty Bell. Anyway, so... Yeah, so they know they know who he's related to now because of the DNA. But, you know, they're still not going to release anything right now because it's, you know, his living relatives, grandparents, yeah. great-grandparents, you know, stuff like that. So, but he was never reported missing by his family. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, okay, story number two. A man found dismembered in a truck toolbox in Pearl River County, Mississippi, has been identified as Seth Odom of Poplarville, a WXXV 25 News report said. The Pearl River County coroner, Derek Turnage, said the body was recovered in the toolbox on Saturday. We secured that and we extricated the body from the toolbox at the office of the state medical examiner. To preserve the evidence, we transferred the box and body to the state crime lab. We were able to identify him through his tattoos using social media and confirmed it through Pearl River County Jail Records. Police were notified about the toolbox when it was seen on the embankment of a creek by members of the community. So, like, people just saw this toolbox floating around or, like, on the embankment, and there's a man's dismembered body in it. Mm-mm. I mean, just, you know, that's crazy. So, Turnage noted that his fingerprints were in the system at the sheriff's office and they were used to match the prints from the body in the toolbox. He also said that Seth had been deceased for a week but was never reported missing. So, this is another person who wasn't reported missing. Um, The autopsy revealed that Seth Odom's death was the result of a gunshot wound. Mm. Yes. So, if you have any information regarding Seth Odom... Please call the Pearl River County Sheriff's Department at 60 <laughs> I almost said oh it sounds like 6 601-772-9144. Okay, so this next story is about a missing person. So the Indianapolis FBI is looking for information in six cases ranging from missing people, unsolved homicides, and crimes against children. There are two types of cases that warrant FBI involvement. FBI Indianapolis Special Agent in Charge Herbert J. Stapleton said via email, First, federal crimes and threats to national security may bring FBI involvement, Stapleton said. The FBI works with local and state police to decide if a joint investigation is beneficial. Second, the FBI may step in at the request of state and local authorities, even if federal laws are not broken, Stapleton said. The FBI can offer requested expertise in forensics, behavioral analysis, investigations, public affairs, and more. So, one of these is this missing person. Her name is Donita Wilkerson. Uh, She was last seen June 21st, 2020, getting into a silver 2004 Chevy Suburban at an Evansville motel. Evansville, Indiana, for people who don't know. Um, Her phone was turned off by the next morning. Wilkerson, now 46, was reported missing when she didn't call her family like she typically does. She has several health conditions that require medication. Mm. Information about this case can be relayed to FBI Indianapolis at 317-595-4000 or the Evansville Police Department 
at 812-436-7979 or tip line at 812-435-6194. So hopefully we can, somebody can find her. Um, She's been missing for about two years now. And so this one's not from December, but I may or may not have ran out of stuff. So I went through mine. I burned through mine a lot quicker than I thought I was going to. But this is something that Chelsea found, and it is very important that Mm -hmm. we find Donita. So if you know anything, reach out to those numbers. Okay, so this next story, Robert Hoagland A man who was missing from Newtown, Connecticut, for almost 10 years, was found dead in New York earlier this month. He was living under a different alias while he was missing. Officers in Newtown received a call on July 29, 2013, to do a welfare check on Robert when he didn't pick up a family member from the airport or show up for work later that day. Robert was a local chef and property appraiser. He was married to his wife, Lori, who was a culinary arts teacher at Newtown High School. They lived in the Sandy Hook neighborhood of Newtown, which, Mm -hmm. like Sandy Hook, Sandy Hook. Yeah. Um, They had three sons and would later separate for two years, but got back together. Robert and Lori talked on the phone for a moment on the 27th of July to confirm he would be picking her up from the airport. She was returning home from a trip to Turkey. On the morning of the 28th, he was seen stopping to get bagels at a local bakery and then at a mobile gas station to get gas. The security cameras in the gas station showed him paying for the gas and buying a map of the eastern United States around 645 in the morning. And that would be the last time he was seen on camera. Hmm. Yeah. So Robert came home and he and his son had breakfast. Max. He and his son, Max, had breakfast. Max! (laughs) I know, that's all I could think of as soon as (laughs) I said it. It was the little Grinch's dog. But yeah, so him and Max had breakfast. Um, Around 10 or 11 a.m., Robert went to mow the lawn. Max went out and told Rob he was going to return in about an hour or two. Mm -hmm. Somewhere between that time and the next morning, he was gone. Hmm. Yeah, it's... It's a weird one. Yeah. So Robert's story has also been covered on Disappeared on Investigation Discovery. Hmm. In December, the Sheriff's Department in Sullivan County, New York, reached out to the Newtown Police with information on his whereabouts. The New York Sheriff's Department had responded to the untimely death of a man at a home in Rock Hill, New York. They couldn't identify the man at first, but they later found papers telling them that his name is Robert or was Robert Hoagland. So this is somebody who's been missing, like they have an episode about them, but they really weren't missing. They just moved. It's crazy. Yeah. And he had a whole family and everything. So, you know, once they get this identification that it's Robert Hoagland, that's when detectives learned he was a missing person from Newtown. Investigators from both departments were able to have a meeting and confirmed the man was indeed Hoagland. His remains were taken to the coroner of Sullivan County for an autopsy to determine the cause and manner of death. The police are saying there's no signs of foul play. Hoagland had been living in Sullivan County since November 2013, and he was using the name Richard King. His son Christopher mentioned he had no idea why his dad would leave and that for now, they're just trying to process everything that's happened. So 
we need to keep this family in our thoughts, prayers, sending good vibes to them. Because, I mean, obviously, yeah, I can't imagine Mm-mm. thinking that my dad went missing and then, like, he just moved on and started a new life and had a new name and everything. Like, it's... Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's really, really intense. So, okay, so my last story just happened, you know, right in the middle of December. Mm-hmm. So, Leon Ferrara, a yoga teacher in Guadalajara, Mexico, went missing while walking his dogs in mid-December. His clients were so concerned, they filed a missing persons report with the police department. They would later find out that Leon, the mild-mannered world traveler and yoga teacher, almost a teacher, and yoga teacher they all knew and loved, was one of the FBI's most wanted fugitives. Wow. Okay. Could you imagine... Like, one of your favorite teachers being, like, I know he was a yoga teacher, but, like, one of your favorite teachers. Yeah, just somebody you know being a fugitive. Like, it, it's crazy. So, Leon's Leon's real name is Jorge Rueda Landeros. He has been on the run for over a decade. Wow. Yeah. He allegedly murdered Sue Markham in her home in Maryland back in 2010. She was a professor at the American University in Washington, D.C., Jorge is a dual citizen of Mexico and the U.S. and is the prime suspect in the case. Her body was discovered in her Bethesda home in the basement with signs of foul play. And that's about all they said about that. Um, But the two met at a Spanish class he taught, and they began a personal and financial relationship, according to the FBI. They also shared a life insurance policy. They think that was the motive behind her murder. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Right after the murder, he fled to Mexico. While he was on the run, he reached out to the Washington Post to deny any involvement in her murder, but admitted they had financial ties, so his DNA would be all over the house. I understand what they see from their end. They'll find me all over the place if they look hard enough. I drink wine from glasses there. I drink water from glasses there. I've eaten with the forks there. I've slept in that bed and the sofa. It doesn't look good. That's why I'm here in Mexico. After he reached out, he disappeared for a decade. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. He So he was like, I'm innocent, but I'm going to go down for this, so I'm leaving. Yeah. Okay, so a- after his arrest, he is still claiming his innocence. I'm innocent, not of everything, obviously, but of what I'm being accused of, he said. He also said once he disappeared, he forgot about the investigation. How are you going to forget? I don't know. But he said he did. And he said he feels that he hardly has Jorge inside of him anymore now that he has gone by his alias Leon for all these years. He even created a backstory about being Brazilian or the son of Turkish diplomats. So, like, he's literally created this whole other life out there. And one of Jorge's yoga students said, I feel like I'm grieving. I know Leon, but I don't know who Jorge is. If I ever have the opportunity to sit down with him, I'll a- I'll have to ask him a lot of questions. Leon is innocent, but Jorge, I don't know. He's expected to be extradited to the U.S. to face charges where authorities believe they have a firm case against him. Hmm. Yes. So, those are my shocking news stories of December. They were... They were good. Thank you. You're welcome. 
It's a little bit of a shorter one. It's okay. We do what we do. <laughs> we do what we do. We do what we do. Yes. You know. So, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, stories that you want us to tell, email them to us at a million murders at gmail.com. And you can hop onto our Instagram and check out the pictures of the people, places, and, and things. And we have a Facebook group and a Facebook page. Mm hmm. You can see us post things in there. You can see pictures sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to interact there, you can interact there with other listeners. Y'all can, you know, give us any ideas or whatever if you don't have an email or if it's just easier. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So thank you all so much for tuning in. And we hope that you come back for a million, million more. more. Bye. Bye.